everybody. Welcome to Lost in the Long Box Up on FXBG Public Radio. Sorry, Madden was taking a picture over there in the flash distracted me for just a moment. That's why the brain train just derailed suddenly. Um, I'm Randall. Got my two co-hosts here, Thomas, Madman. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello. hello. Hello, gentlemen. There's always one who takes it literally. All right. So how was your eyes weekend? Good, I hope. Always great. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, pretty good. Picked up some nice stuff over the weekend. You can see that on our web, our Facebook page, Lost in the Long Box. Yes. Our uh, sponsor, Gateway Comics and Toys, had a nice 50% off sale this weekend. And Thomas and I went in there and spent money we probably shouldn't have. The good news is, well, at least from mine, it was money that I had anyway, so the wife doesn't know about it. You may have some splaining to do later on, Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> I've already, I already took care of that. It's already, uh, already taken care of. Okay. So, um, first off, I want to thank you guys. We have 93 subscribers, and we're only four weeks in. So, thank you very much, all you out there that are listening and subscribing. Love you very much. Give a little shout-out to my friend Lori, who has actually listened to every episode and has already jumped on our Facebook and left us a comment. So, thank What's you up, for Lori? that, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Um, you single? No, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind, then. But I was going was gonna to say, here he goes, derailing my brain train again. So, yes, check us out on Lost in the Long Box on Facebook and at Gmail. Just simply lostinthelongbox at gmail.com. So something we get into here before we actually start doing anything. I had a thought literally like maybe two hours before the show. You know what I love about the name of our podcast? What's, What's that? that? Is, I don't know what it is, but Lost in the Long Box sounds like it should be one of those Saturday morning 70s shows from Sid and Marty Croft. Yeah. <laughs> we need someone to jingle this for us. Where the yeah. hell's Hill Hippie? <laughs> you, you have him tomorrow on Shock Monkey, right? Yeah. Yeah, you need to start working him. We, we need a Lost in a Long Box jingle that fits that 70s motif. <laughs> All right. So let's get to our weekly review of comics. Thomas, you're going to – I'm going to pass the ball to you. Get Kick off. What did you review this week? I reviewed the Stranger Things number one of four from Dark Horse Comics, brought to us by the creative team of Jody Hauser, Stefano Martino, Keith Champagne, Lori Affey, and Nate Picos. I'd like to start off by saying I'm a huge fan of the TV show, the Netflix show Stranger Things. It's a fantastic show. If you have not seen it, you need to make sure you do. We just got through. We just literally finished season one. Yeah, fantastic. I, I, love, I love the TV show. Um, and, of course, that's what this comic is based off of. So what we have is Will Byers is on the way home from playing D&D with his friends. And if you've seen the show, you know all of his friends' names and everything, so I won't get into that. And where he's attacked by a creature. He runs to his shed and grabs a shotgun and fires, not knowing if he killed this creature or just scared it off. He falls asleep and wakes up and wanders off. And he realizes he's not at home. Dun, dun, dun. So now I have to ask, is this literally a comic interpretation of the, of the TV show? Not directly. But I did get the very real feeling that I was, you know, reading season one of the t of the TV show. But it's not like you know, panel for panel, everything that happened in it. Um, it was a it was a pretty good uh, story. You know, Will is uh, lost in the upside down. You know, just like he gets lost in the upside down in the uh, in the TV show. And you know, you get to see Eleven. That was Eleven, right? Right. L okay, Eleven. I, L. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember which number she was off the top of my head, but I thought it was Eleven. You do see her, and you see the other boys in the beginning when he's playing D&D and things like that. Um, I didn't – I liked the book. It wasn't a bad book. It wasn't a bad interpretation. But I probably wouldn't pick up number two because I've already seen season one of Stranger Things, and I kind of got the vibe that, you know, that's kind of the path we're going to go down to. Maybe a little more description than what you get on the TV show. 
but it didn't also didn't have all the 80s nostalgia that the TV show had either with with this. Well, it's really hard to convey that in print format. It yeah. is, but it doesn't seem like they even really they didn't really even try. It didn't come with a CD or nothing with a bunch of 80s hits on it. No, it didn't. And it would be and since it was the 80s, it would be a cassette tape. Oh, right. Yeah, we, would need a, we would need a cassette tape. Um, but yes, I mean, so I, I didn't get that, you know, and like you said, it would be hard to convey, but you know, maybe some sites from the eighties, like a members only jacket, I don't know, you know, thrown in there for a good measure. There's probably like legal issues. Well, maybe, I mean, you don't have to put members only on there, but if you, you, just, draw if you just draw that general style jacket and put the little tag on the pocket, yeah. that's <laughs> anyone, all you need. Yeah, everybody knows what a members in. only jacket was, <laughs> but yeah, it, so it, it, it didn't have that. And I, that kind of took away from it for me. Cause that's one of the things I really liked about the, the TV show was, you know, how great the eighties nostalgia is. Um, so, I'd say it's probably about a two-bubble book. Like I said, I'm really not bothered about going the, the rest of the way because I've already seen season one and two. And and see, that's that's what's kind of disappointing to hear you say that because, uh, case in point, I just recently, in my back issues, bought Logan's Run 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. And the first five or six issues of Logan's Run are nothing but the adaptation of the movie. Yeah. But that's okay because I love Logan's Run. It's one of my favorite movies. Great movie. Same thing with Adventures on the Planet of the Apes. I had an opportunity to pick up like the first three issues of that this weekend, but again, it's just an adaptation of the movie, which would not be a problem because I also love that movie as well. But something like this, like Stranger Things, I don't want you to give me the story all over in comic book form. I want different stories. Because, right, I, yeah, want, I, I want something new and different, which uh, ironically is what killed... Logan's Run and eventually Planet of the Apes because once they got to original stories, the sales tanked because uh, they couldn't they couldn't tell as good a story as the movie did. Right. But yeah, it just it like I said, it really gave the feel that you were just going to see you know it maybe in a little bit different form, but the same stuff you saw in season one. And I kind of really wanted a different story, you know, maybe bridging season two, two and three together or something like that, and or at least expanding on the existing story that you know. Yeah. So I just I. Because that wasn't bad. It just you know I've already already know the story. So well, well, you know what? Here's the thing though, and. I could easily see them going this route. The next three issues, because it's a, what, a four-issue limited series, right? Four issues, yes. The next three issues could delve a little more into what we'll go through on, right. on it could. the and other that, side, the dark side, the flip side, whatever the hell they call it. I and this remember. was focused pretty much completely on Will. So that's probably so, I think, that's probably the route they're, they're going to go. So, and, but. and then that, if that's the case, then yeah, that might actually be a good read. The problem is, like you said, I think they put off too many of their potential customers by showing you the pilot episode all over again in that book. Yeah. So, so yeah, like I said, it wasn't bad overall, but, you know, I give it two bubbles out of five, and, you know, I probably won't pick up the uh, the next ones because, you know, I already know what's going to happen. I've seen Stranger Things already. Yes. Right. Uh, which, you know, so let's digress in a little bit here. I know Stranger Things 2 is out. Have they filmed 3? The last I heard was that 3 was being delayed. That's the last I heard, too. I don't think we're getting that till next year. Something tells okay. me that. I'm not positive, but that's... The last I heard. And since we're on Netflix, um, I don't know if anyone has seen this yet. I think they just dropped it a couple days ago. Apparently, the DC Universe thing that they're doing with their Titans show, mm-hmm. apparently it's going to be on Netflix. Oh. Because the latest trailer had the whole Netflix logo going across of it. So those of you out there who said, I'm not going to be able to see that show because they didn't subscribe to the DC channel, it looks like Netflix is going to have it anyway. So keep your eye out for that, even though... I'm not particularly pleased with some of the character changes they made, but that's... Uh, yeah, I guess i got to go looking for that. <laughs> I'll give it a try for at least the first couple episodes. You know, see what of I think? Of course, you yeah. Know? Right. Yeah, give it a shot. But yeah, so just dropping that out there for you guys. It, it looks like even though it's part of 
DC's whole unlimited universe thing, it, it looks like that's going to drop on Netflix. So, All right, Madman, what did you review this week? Everybody, Madman's got something special for you this week. He I, went retro. I read two comics. I mean, you want me to talk about Damned later? Oh, well, actually, we talk, you know what? Go ahead. Hit it up. Hit that up right now. Because that's what I read first. I mean, you guys were raving about it, so I wanted to... Oh, I definitely want to hear your take yeah. on it then, yes. Um, I'm real mad that the hype about, about that book is <laughs> about his, his dick, you know? Like you said, it's just three panels of shaded penis. It doesn't really matter considering there is so much excellent art in that book. It's beautiful it's, artwork. It's so beautiful. And I was like, that's what people should be focused on. That should be the buzz, I, I think. Is that the art is great? The story is really, really good. I would, I'd say it's a little plotting at times. It takes a little while for things to speed up, and uh, but other than that, I mean, I just thought it was such a beautiful comic book uh, with a really, really good Elseworlds type story, and I really want to read the second one. I, I can tell you, when I picked this up before I even read it, I flipped through it and I saw the art. And I fell in love before I had even read one word with just the art. I'm thinking this is a beautiful book. Yeah. Well, and it was perfect too for the type of book that it was. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I mean, yes. it, was, it, it was perfect. It's a lot of good color contrasts, you know. And I think it was that should be the buzz of that book. And I, I definitely agree with you. It's a shame that it's known for that yeah. those three panels more when so. I, than when it I re-listened to last week's podcast, I was like, "Yeah, I'm with Tom on this." Because I re-listened to it after I read it, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm with Tom on this." So readers of. Uh, Damn it, listeners, <laughs> if you can still find a copy at your LCS of Batman Damn Number 1, by all means, grab it. Don't let them charge you $25, $30 for it. Try to get it for cover. I would say maybe go as high as 10 to $15 for it because DC has pretty much said they're not going to reprint it. But it is a beautiful book. It is fantastically illustrated. It is yeah, beautifully even written. The, even if you get the censored version, yes. I mean, there's so much good art right. in there. You know? Can I see the book, the other book, Hellcat? Yes, book? absolutely. Because I, I definitely want to credit these guys because I was like, at first I didn't realize it was a reprint. So uh, I was like, what, these guys are still around? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, it's, so it was um, Marvel Knights Hellcat, True Believers number one. Um, and it's basically a reprint of <laughs> Avengers 144. And let's see. Yeah, was Steve Hart was the author, oh, George Perez. You know, Marv Wolfman is the editor, and I was like, "These guys, he's still the editor? Wait a minute, you know. But after reading that, I was like, oh, okay, this is a reprint. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to say, you know, I love it. I think it was that classic late Silver Age kind of uh, plot and art and stuff like that. It was like a stroll down memory lane in many ways. It's like the kind of stuff I loved about those kind of older comic books. And uh, you'd mentioned that because I really don't care about Jessica Jones. That, I mean, I only watch it because I'm, she's totally bangable. Uh, and, and <laughs> Kristen so, Ritter? Yeah. <laughs> she's, yeah, totally bangable. But the rest of it, I really don't care. And you said this Hellcat character is going to show up on the show? Is that the well, issue? Well, Patsy Walker has already been on the show, but she doesn't go by Patsy on the show. Is she going by another name? I, I haven't um, watched 
They should leave her name. Yes. They, they should, I forget. Her what, I mean, it's, it's Patsy Walker. What is her nickname on it? I don't remember. I, don't I, remember. I haven't seen any of them. So, I've seen both seasons. I don't so, know why hey, I can't listeners, answer this. This is where you can chime in and email us and say, hey, you idiots, the name is. And you can yeah. send us comments I to say lostatthelongbox at gmail.com. <laughs> we would actually love to hear from you. If you hear us screw anything up or we get something wrong or if you actually just want to give yeah. us comments and say, hey, can straight. you guys talk about this? By all means, email us. We'd love to hear from you. But What's anyway, that email address again? Lost in the long box at gmail.com. Cool. Trish Walker is what she Trish, goes by. There you go. Thank Trish you. Walker. But yes, so Trish has been a character in a Jessica Jones, but not as Hellcat. Wow. My understanding, either it happens in season two or maybe in the forthcoming season three, she is supposed to become Hellcat she, in the show. She hasn't become Hellcat yet. She has shown that she has powers by, okay. the, by the end of season two, but she has not officially took on a costume and called herself Hellcat yet. All right, great. And also, listeners, at some point, we're going to do a little piece talking about Hellcat and Tigra and the conversation that broke Thomas. Yes. <laughs> it might break some of you once you hear this, these information factoids. See, I don't think they should change her name. I love that it's Patsy Walker. I love that there is this, this whole plot line in this story of this reprint of Avengers 144 uh, of how, how they had to pull tie all these plot strings together between like the Patsy Walker comic books and uh, Avengers comic books to get her is like all these characters had to intersect, you know, so that she could become a superhero. So just so you can make Patsy Walker a superhero. Well, okay. Now that goes back into the history because they actually start the whole Patsy Walker as a superhero storyline in Amazing Adventures 11 with the Beast. Right. But because that feature didn't sell, the storyline got dropped and they picked it back up in that Avengers storyline. And finished it off. But I mean... As a writer, I know it's like you you really had to like <laughs> tie some strings together to get these plot lines to intersect, you know. You really had to like stretch it a little bit. And I enjoyed it. I think I think that was part of the charm of like late silver age, almost bronze age uh, uh comic books is because it was a, a little bit way over the top. They have Captain America bouncing off of a shield in this and that just I, it's it's fun. Right. I love it. It was it was that great era when you go in with a little bit of suspension of disbelief because yeah. you have to, but they take a little bit of advantage of it, and you're just kind of like, okay, now now you're just abusing it. <laughs> and I and I just I loved uh, the interactions between Captain America and Iron Man in this because they're like these these older, uh, more experienced guys who've been a part of the Avengers longer. And they have this. Own, they have their own rapport, and the others are new guys, and they're trying to like fit in and stuff like that. I, I thought it was a really good comic book. I mean, and sweet. I'm yeah. actually going to be buying that book. That was one yeah, of I our. Yeah, I have a question. The cover price is a dollar. Is that right. correct? Yes, because that here's why. So many ads in there. Oh yes, probably. See, the whole reason it's called True Believers is Marvel's doing this really great program where they're taking some of their older characters. And they're doing these reprints of True Believers to give you the origin stories and their first appearances. And they primarily, I've noticed, tend to be the ones that are on a cinema. So Hellcats coming in, Jessica Jones. Right. They have one for Power Man. They have one for Iron Fist. I think they have a Captain America one. But there's also a True Believers Fantastic Four that just recently came out. So it's a great way to get exposure to those early stories that you just simply can't afford right now because they're, they're too fracking expensive. Right. And that, that storyline is a very good one. I've been reading it recently on Marvel Unlimited. I just, the one that the Avengers I'm reading just wrapped that up and moved on into the next storyline. So it was a really good storyline, too. Yes, and, and now because Hellcat is going to be on Jessica Jones, I can tell you the price on Avengers 141 and 144 are starting to go through the ceiling. 
Yes. They might reach Batman Dem levels here before Oh, long. you never know. They <laughs> might just might. <laughs> All right, Madman. So let me tell you guys what I read, and I know Thomas has read this also. Uh, I read Heroes in Crisis number one by writer Tom King, illustrated by Clay Mann, colors by, I guess, Tomei Mori, and lettering by Clayton Cowles. So... First off, I will tell you right up front that I am a Tom King fan. I really love his writing on the Batman series. I love what he's doing on the Mr. Miracle series. So much so that I actually went back and picked up the deluxe hardcover of his Vision series. And I'm not a fan of Vision. And he did a really great job with that. So I was really looking forward to this book. And I'm happy to say that this book does not disappoint. So the basic premise is, if you guys don't know, just as... You and I have to go get counseling and help when we go through depression or PTSD. Apparently, so do superheroes. They also suffer from it. And the premise of this book is there is a place called Sanctuary where heroes that are under stress go to get therapy and to get talked talk to and have counseling. So this book opens up with Thomas's favorite hero, Booster Gold, sitting in what was basically a small diner in a little small town in Kansas. And he's sitting there having a cup of coffee. And as he's sitting there, Harley Quinn walks in and she sits down with him. And it becomes pretty obvious because the waitress even asks him, you know, is, this, is she a hero? No, that's a villain. Is there going to be a fight? And like, yes, there's going to be a fight. So she sits down, order a piece of the pie. And then after a little bit of a conversation, they break into a brawl. I uh, like how she sits down, eats a piece of pie, yes. and drinks a cup of coffee before they fight. Right. Gets, he, gets a piece of peach pie, cup yeah. of coffee. First things first. And, 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 and Booster knows well, they're going to fight, and he just doesn't do anything. Well, he's also, finishing his pie. Well, there's right. also a really great bit in here because she's always referring to Joker as Puddin' and calling other people Puddin'. Right. And the part that's really great in this is she's calling Booster Gold, Goldie. She goes, can I tell you something, Goldie? And she just looks at him and goes, I hate pudding. So as this is going on in the background, we see Superman streaking across the sky, going to some location out in Kansas, and we see what looks like to be a wheat field, and we see four bodies in the grass. Now, the, they've obviously been murdered. Now, the part that's really great with this is King does a fantastic job of capturing the characters true to form. Superman is flying there, and he says, well, I, you know, I'm here. You know, he's looking at him. He's being the first responder. He's you know, the caring cop who's like, I got to hear what's going on. And then Batman is obviously being the detective because he tells him, I'm, there, I'm 13 minutes out. Don't touch anything. Yeah. And then Wonder Woman just simply goes, Bruce, he knows. <laughs> so he does a really good job of capturing the characters in that instance because they're, they're acting the way you expect those three to act. Well, I think that's how you make a, a character really genuine right. or characters genuine is that the way they interact with each other. Right. And there's even a scene where he arrives at the place called Sanctuary and he finds two other bodies in the room there and he starts to call them by their name and just stops and says, so-and-so are confirmed. I'm not going to tell you who that is, listeners, because I think that's part of the big mystery. But the other thing that's really great about the way Tom King writes this is we get to see both Booster and Harley out of character, and we see that Harley is always coming across as a little batshit crazy, but in this book, especially the way he's writing her, you get the feeling that she's a lot more lucid than she lets on. Um, there's very moments of crystal clarity where she knows what she's doing. Um, there's a great part in here, and this is actually kind of one of my peeves, He's using the same dramatic foil that he uses in Mr. Miracle in that we're seeing the events unfold, and he's 
also showing us the whole famous third-party interview where we see the people talking to a third-party who's not there. So he's doing three stories at once. We're seeing the, the hero's interviews um, off-camera with somebody right. else. We see Harley and Booster having their little piece of pie, which breaks into their fight, and Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman going to the, the sanctuary because they've obviously gotten some type of alert that something bad has gone down. So the story is really good. It is number one of seven, so that means there's going to be more to it. But it's a great build-up, great lead to it. My only real problem with the writing, if you read Identity Crisis, this feels a lot like Identity Crisis. Oh, same, same type of scenario. Someone big has been murdered, and now they're trying to find out who did it, yeah. which is exactly the way Identity Crisis. Yeah. And I, I'm really hoping that it just feels that way because of the, the whole murder and what's going on. It's obviously another hero has done it, and that it's not actually going to go down the same path of it being someone you don't expect it to be. As far as art, i got to tell you what. Clay Man knocks, the, knocks this out. The, the, the field, just beautiful art. And I'll tell you the one thing I really love about this art, and I'm going to pass this to Madman so he can look at it. Thomas, you have a copy, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. There has been uh, a habit from artists of the last few years that when they draw Harley, they put her in that skimpy clothing, which has been made famous in the movie, but they also draw her, and I hate to actually say this, almost kind of skanky looking. Mm -hmm. Like you wouldn't want to date her. Like you're convinced that she's what? got no. something. No, I would never say no to Harley. But if you look at her in this book, Clay Mann manages to not actually just draw her as beautiful, but also like you could tell there's some upbringing and she just happened to one day decide, you know, I don't know why I'm doing... Isn't she a psychiatrist? She's a psychiatrist. And you get this feeling that she's actually very intelligent, very smart. She just one day... Yeah, they don't just give those out, you know? Like like Joker always said, she was the one bad day away from slipping and, and breaking just like he did. Plus... All the characters, he manages to give them a, a unique look. So Superman looks like different from Superman, who looks different from Batman. Harley Quinn looks different from Wonder Woman. So the art in this is really is He's really fantastic. Really con consistent with yes. his like faces and like, exactly. You see what very, I'm saying? This is such good. a beautiful art. So I'm actually going to give this one four balloons because it's beautifully written. I know there's going to be a really great story coming out of it. I just have the one fear that it's a little too much like Identity Crisis, and Clay Man is, is knocking this art out of the park. My only fear is I, I hope it's not going to be one of these things that gets a production delay, and we get in issue four or five or what have you getting delayed by two months, because that's what's going on now with Doomsday Clock. It mm -hmm. was a monthly, and now it's gone bi-monthly, and it's like, ugh. Well, and, and Batman Damned was recently announced that it's going to be delayed right. as well. Right, second so. issue two is supposed to come out in November. Now we're not getting it till December. Yeah. So, but yeah, four, four balloons, Heroes in Crisis number one. That actually came out last week. It is at the store now, and I'm pretty certain that there's plenty of copies of it left uh, at Gateway Comics. And, you know, all the comics reviewed today on Lost and on Longbox were supplied by Gateway Comics and Toys at 2368 Plank Road and Route 3, and they've expanded their store to include even more great selections of new comic releases, back issues, paperback and hardcover collections, statues, and even new and vintage toys. I, I got to tell you, I spent hours in that store, even if they weren't supplying this with so many comics to, to review to, to tell you guys about. They're just that great. So go ahead, stop on in there, see Ed and Rick, and I'm sorry, Rick, Nick. Sorry, Nick. My apologies, buddy. Ed, Nick. Alex, Kristen, and PJ at the store. Let them know Lost in the Long Box sent you. They're also on social media at GW Comics as well. Great guys. Always super helpful. And Ed just got a lot of money out of Tommy and I over the weekend too. Right. And he could have <laughs> got a lot more, but uh, yeah, I had to stop myself. Yes. 
I, oh, by the way, I, I meant to text you and tell you I, I, I caved. I got that Supergirl statue. Oh, did you? I, I, I couldn't stop looking at it, so finally I just sucked it up and bought it. Well, I was going <laughs> to hang around with you a little bit longer, but I figured if I stay here any longer, I'm going to spend more money, so I better get going. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Justice League Unlimited cartoon. And he had a SDCC exclusive Supergirl statue that was done in the animated style. Really? And it was sixty dollars, but since everything was fifty percent off, thirty bucks. I kept looking at it, kept looking at it. It was number five fifty nine of two thousand limited run. So funny, mm. I just said F it, and I picked it up, walked to the counter, and <laughs> give it to me. <laughs> and Tommy probably knew it was coming because I did look at it a good three or four times. Yeah, I'm like, not surprised <laughs> when you told me that you uh, yeah. you left with that. A sale at a comic book shop, your local comic book shop, is like like pisses off wives right it could get you in a lot of trouble right <laughs> fortunately it didn't but it could have but baby it was 50 percent off it's right. a supergirl statue yeah i came home i came home with marvel superheroes 13 the first appearance of carol danvers and you know i explained to her this is how much i paid for it this is why i did it and she was like okay and i was like wow that went a lot easier than i thought it would but okay <laughs> Well, well, let me tell you what was funny about that, too, because I pulled the book out the box, and he hadn't even bagged and boarded these. He just bought this collection from somewhere, and I found Marvel Superheroes number 13, and I pulled it out. And you got to realize, I'm going to the long box, and this one is over my shoulder. Go back. What's that book? Go back. What was that book? And I'm like, really? I'm like, who's looking through the box Oh, yeah, I did here? that. <laughs> oh, that's rude so, shit. Man. So I would pull them out, and I said, okay, we need to find out what he wants for this one, right? So I took it to him, and he told me the price, and then even half price, I was like, I don't have that much on me. But then Thomas was like, I don't have it either, but I have a credit card. <laughs> so like, all right, I guess that's sold. <laughs> all right, so we got a really great discussion topic. With all the superhero movies that are coming out, especially like Avengers Infinity War, I thought it would be nice to touch on movies that we think worked, that did the job, movies that failed miserably, and movies we'd like to see them make. So what we're going to do is I'm going to start with one movie that I think hit the target, you know, did what it's did and we'll did what was supposed to and then we'll go around the table and we'll keep going from there. So number one on my list for movies that did it right is the first Superman with Christopher Reeve. Oh yeah, that's classic. Because of the times and the the atmosphere of comic books at the time, that was probably the most realistic superhero movie you were gonna get for that day and age. There was there was still some campiness, of course. I mean, you're trying to make a serious movie about a guy shot in a rocket from another planet. But for me, I feel they got the costume right, the look of the, of the character was right. My only beef really is kind of Margot Kidder as Lois Lane. She was a little too mannish for me. Yeah, not attractive. I don't get it. Right. I don't get how she ever worked in Hollywood. But, but for me, Superman is one of the movies that, that worked. They got it right. Yeah. Christopher Reeve is my Superman. You know, I, I, I mean, every time I look at a Superman movie, I'm like, You're I compare him to Christopher Reeve. Yeah. Is, is this guy as good as Christopher Reeve? And the answer is always no. And, well, he started the standard. I right. Think. I mean, you know, there were Supermen before him. There's been Supermen after him. But Christopher Reeve is but my in Superman. the modern era Superman. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think that's part of why there is such a hard time making a Superman movie now is there's too many people like us who are constantly comparing this guy to Christopher Reeve, even though we don't mean to. Right. I mean, you know, it's not something I'm actively doing. I'm not sitting there saying, you know, well, he's not as good as Christopher Reeve. I'm, I'm not doing that, but he's not. He's so, not, yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, it's just the way it is. I that, mean, they said it about Dean Cain. I mean, every actor that comes out. I mean, he's not Christopher that. Reeve. Yeah. Yes. Right. I mean, Dean Cain, you know, The Adventures of Lois and Clark. I like that show. I didn't think Dean Cain was necessarily bad, but he's not Christopher Reeve. That show needed I, a villain. <laughs> I, I make 
I make fun of you every time in my head when you say that. I'm sure you do. I'm, I'm sure that's not a popular opinion, but I liked it. It wasn't. Was it the greatest one ever? No, but it Batman, was not bad. Give me a movie that worked for you that you that you felt they did it right. Uh, I remember a, a while back when Ragnarok came out. I reviewed it on the Shock Monkey Radio Show, which is on Tuesday nights at six, uh, and I panned it because I was mad at the jokes and so forth, especially like right out of the gate in the beginning. Uh, the jokes with Loki, they kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and they still do. Loki, that's do. not a play on words, right? <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> Good job. Uh, but uh, uh, in watching it again, and I've actually watched it a third time recently, I think that they um, they really hit a nice middle ground in Thor <laughs> Ragnarok um, when it comes to using campy comedy and uh, interesting music and capturing, like, the art and stylization of that kind of era, uh, like a 70s, late 70s, early 80s era. Oh, I yeah. Mean, with the synth pop music, um, the jokes, um, and the uh, set uh, set design. I mean, it's all that uh, – I forget who did that art for the Ragnarok. Oh, I don't remember. All back in the 70s for Thor and stuff like that. Sounds like, would that have been a Walt Sinuson era? That would have been during his time. Yeah, that's yeah. what I think he's talking about. I don't and, remember who the artist was, though. Do you? Right. And so, I mean, I just thought that that was a taking it as on its own, as a movie on its own, not what it ties into and stuff like that. I think that they really did that as a self-contained uh, movie. Uh, so, The part that I love about this, about that movie especially is that so many people got it was when Thor's in his little chair being taken to the Grandmaster and they're playing the world Willy imagination Will, yeah. from Willy Wonka, Willy Wonka and everybody in the theater is snickering. I'm yeah. like, wow, there's a lot of people that get that joke. <laughs> I like the, when you saw all the, um, when, when they were at the battle world and you saw all the faces of the previous champions. Oh yeah. And there was beta Ray Bill. I, and yeah. I, and I even told him, I texted him says, there's going to be a part in Thor that you're going to love. And he's yeah. like, what? It's like, you'll know it when you see it. Beta Ray Bill. Uh, listeners, Thomas is a huge, huge fan of beta Ray Bill. That's right. He is the man. So, uh, onward then. Thomas, a movie that they got right for you? For me, I am one of the biggest Captain America fans to ever live. When I found out that they were coming out with Captain America, the first Avenger, I was super excited because I was finally going to be getting a movie based on my favorite character, and I was not disappointed. I thought it really captured Cap, and I, I loved every minute of it. I saw it two, three times in the theater, and I will watch it again every time it comes on. Yeah, that, was that the second movie? They made Iron Man, and then they made... They made Cap... Yeah, it, it, it was either the second or the third. Did Thor it, come before it? Because Iron Man was first. Yes. Did Thor Iron come Man, second? Iron Man, then Thor, then Cap, right? Then Cap. Yeah, I believe it was the third. I'd have to look it up to be sure, but I believe... <laughs> I thought I it was the other way the around, but I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I, I might be wrong. I very could be wrong. Don't forget to email us at lostinlombox at we have listeners that can actually email us to tell us if we're wrong or not, and I right. just spoke over Thomas. Do that again, Thomas. Yes, email us at <laughs> lostinlombox at gmail.com if I'm wrong, or post on our Facebook page, Lost in the Long Box. Oh, but yeah, I I loved every minute of it. I thought it really captured Captain America well. It was a really good movie. Right, right down to you know him being frozen in ice and being thawed out years later. Uh, yeah. The the reasoning why, uh, I don't know. There's, uh, I, there's a CinemaSins video on it. I should you should check it out. And I I, I remember we were we were out. It was the uh, the first preview for it was during the Super Bowl, and I was out with my friends watching it. And before the before the Super Bowl even started, I told them I said, "Look, guys." I love you all. You're my friends. You're great. But if you talk during the Captain America trailer, <laughs> I will cut you. 
our waitress happened to come over at that time to ask us if, if there was anything we needed. She walked over and got ready to talk, knife. and I said, shh. I, I shushed her so I could hear the commercial. Shushed. I shushed her. I shushed her. I apologize for it later. Don't get me wrong, because it was kind of rude. But yeah, this I guy takes his comic movie seriously. That's right. I, I've been, I had been waiting for this movie for years. It was my first opportunity to see the trailer. I was not going to be denied it. Wasn't the internet around when... Uh... It it was around at that time, and I'm sure that a, I could see it. But this the 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 internet was around. <laughs> So, are you like me when something new comes on? Uh, you avoid, like Batman Damned. I had avoided internet for a freaking week because I hadn't read mine and people were going crazy. Yeah, see, that's one of the things <laughs> that that the internet ruined for me a little bit was uh, Heroes in Crisis number one. I accidentally read a spoiler on there, so oh, I knew something was going to go. Yeah, that stunk, but you know, it didn't ruin the book for me. It was still great. Yeah, book. I flipped through it and I was like. I, I saw too much. Yeah, yeah. I saw this, too this much. Is, that is definitely not a book you can flip through. I mean, right. Because once you get about five or six pages in, you're like, "Oh crap!" I just asked me to flip through it. <laughs> I just but that that is one of my one of my favorites. I I am a huge Captain America movie fan. It really worked for me. Yep. All right. So I have another one that I think worked really well. And and at first you're going to be like, "Well, yeah, of course." But then I have a reason for why I think this movie worked really well. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. Mm -hmm. And I tell you why that movie worked really good for me and why I thought they nailed it. Let's think about the viewing public and superhero movies. 90% of them have no clue who Guardians of the Galaxy were. By all rights, that movie could have tanked and tanked hard. Mm -hmm. But they managed to get the writing down really good. They did a good job of characterization. And they chose the right iteration of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Right, and they chose the right crew. Because I'll, I'll be honest, when I first read that they were doing a Guardian of the Galaxy, I, I went back like, to like they Charlie to 27 yeah. and Vance Astro. And I'm thinking, that's what that I is, thought too. that is not going to it's work for good. crap. It's not good. And I didn't know this team that they put out there. And here's the great thing about it. That doesn't have to necessarily be a superhero movie. That could just been a straight up science fiction, misfits, yeah. renegade, almost in the vein Firefly. of Firefly. Yeah, Firefly. Boom. Yeah. You owe me a Coke. So for me, that's why Guardians of the Galaxy worked really good. They took a cast of characters that John Q. Public had have no clue of, and it became like one of Marvel's top grossing movies up to that point. Yeah, I, I agree with you. When I first heard it being announced, I was like, You're gonna put Charlie Twenty Seven and right. Vance Astro on the on the uh, screen? <laughs> I don't think that's going to work real well. I'd go see it because I love the 90s Guardians of the Galaxy I, I will comic. Say, I love it. It's, it's one of my favorites, but I didn't think it would have mass appeal with the, with that team. I, I will say when they introduced Yondu, a part of me was going, no, no, no. This guy's supposed to have like a three-foot mohawk and carrying a bow. <laughs> right, and he's supposed to be a hero, not a villain. <laughs> I do like in the second one, you know, how they bought in the original cast. Right. That was great. How you got to see Charlie 27. All right. Did yeah. Thomas? Movie that they got right for you. Another movie that got right for me, uh, the first Avengers movie. Fantastic. It's another one of those ones I had waited for for a long time. Big Avengers fan. Loved all the original uh, superhero movies. Your Captain America, your Iron Man, your Thor. Iron Man 2, not so much. But, you know, the first ones were all great. Avengers really worked for me. It had that, you know, the feel of saving the planet and everything that you, that you needed in an Avengers movie. It was fantastic. It's another one that I'll still watch to this day. Yeah, I'd watch them all. <laughs> so, yeah, the, I mean, the, the first no, Avengers movie. I, I have to say, the majority of Marvel movies, I will have no problem just sitting down and watching them. The problem is there's so many of them mm -hmm. that a marathon is going to take you four days. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, this this worked for me. I thought it did great with the characters. You know, the great villain, Loki. Set things up for future movies really well. Yeah. The, one of my favorite. show, Loki show? The Loki show, yeah. 
Yeah, I heard that they were going to be making giving him his own show. Yes. Yeah. Well, he was because. Oh, he would be such a great anti-hero, the guy who would be forced to do do right every episode, even though he doesn't want to, because he knows there's bigger stakes at play. And if I don't take care of this, then I'm going to have to deal with a bigger problem later. Well, I think it's just a testament to Marvel's character when it comes to the movies, where Loki is one of the most interesting characters right. in their uh, cinematic universe. Uh, because in many ways, he should be, you know, because he is in many ways, an anti-hero. Yeah, he's a god of mischief and so forth, but uh, he's got a lot of history in the comic books, and it, doing a character like a villain, right, is probably the most important oh, thing. Oh, very difficult, yes. Oh, the villain is the most important yeah. thing, if it, be it a, a movie, a book, a comic book, yeah. anything. You know, you can't have a great hero without a great villain. Yeah. You yeah. just can't. One of my favorite parts in Avengers is when Captain America and... Tony Stark are getting into it. Like, what are you without your suit? And he's like, oh, I see you rich. And he's right. like, oh, I just see how you put on the suit. And he said, no, really, you want to take a good put on the suit? And then all hell breaks loose. And he looked at him like, put on the suit. He's yeah. like, yes. <laughs> yeah. The, the, same, the, the same line, but the tone totally changes. <laughs> One of my favorite parts is during the, in the battle during New York and Cap comes down and tells the police officer to set up a perimeter here, here, here. Oh, here. yeah. And, and the guy goes, who are you? And then Cap, Cap basically does this little yeah. ass-kicking scene and he goes, set up a perimeter. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, somebody could handle this. Okay, thank you. That was great. I I, I laughed that hysterically at that. It was a great, great part. Madman, you're up. Movie that they got right for you. Batman the Dark Knight. I'm surprised you wouldn't know what he brought this up yet. I, I was going to, but I knew it would make somebody's list. Yeah. Be, because, go ahead. Uh, Heath Ledger. Um, and it, nothing is more sad than under, learning about his death than seeing that performance as the Joker in that movie. And it's like, dude, you had so much talent. And it was so very evident in that movie. And you just knew that Nolan was going to bring him back for the third one. And, and it's a terrible shame what happened to him because, I mean, it was, I mean, I was really mad at that, what was that movie, uh, First Night or Night's Tale? Oh, I was oh, so right. furious at that movie. Eric, EK, Eric loves it. I don't get it, but uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in years, so I don't Oh, my really God. I was so it. furious at that movie, and I was just like, this pretty boy bitch ain't going nowhere. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I see The Dark Knight, and I'm just like, wow. Wow. And, I mean, as soon as the, the announcement came out, the Joker was going to be in The Dark Knight. Basically, at the end of The you know, Dark Knight, the very first Batman, what, Nolan Batman. Batman Begins? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Forgot. And I was like, oh, Joker's going to be in the second one. And then they announced it like Heath Ledger. And I was like, that, that Knight's Tale asshole? You know? <laughs> I really didn't expect much. It's like they're going to screw up this franchise like they did with Tim Burton by picking Heath Ledger and stuff like that. And then I saw the trailer where it was the beginning of like heist scene. I'm just like, well, this is excellent. And then seeing the movie, I was like, holy cow. And it's like, like you said, you can't have a good hero without a good villain. And Heath Ledger friggin' nails it. There's, and, there's just so many great performances by him in that movie. Oh, I know. He was the best part of that movie, and, mm -hmm. it, and it was a great movie. And and uh, and it's it's almost a shame because they did Two Face so well that Heath Ledger kind of overshadowed Aaron Eckhart. You know, that's his name, right? I yes, believe so. Yes, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, because they did Two Face really well in that movie as well, and I think that that's kind of been a problem with Batman movies. Uh, in many ways, it's like you, you have too many villains, you mm -hmm. know, especially the later ones, you know, the Schumachers and stuff like that. There's, there's like, well, we have to have two villains. And I mean, even in Batman Begins, you had Scarecrow and Ra's al Ghul. And then uh, 
Or is it Resh Hagul? Resh Hagul. Resh Hagul. Okay. Uh, and then you had you had two in Dark Knight. You have Two Face and Joker. Um, however, the relationship between Two Face and the Joker was believable, right? And honest and quick. It was a very short interaction, and it was in the hospital, and it was a boom, and it's just just that little nudge, like in the Killing Joke. It's just uh, anyone can go as mad as I am. Just, they just need that little right. nudge. All you need is one bad day. Mm-hmm. I tell a lot of people that don't like um, superhero movies, watch Dark Knight. Because at the heart of it, you take out Joker and Batman, and you basically have just a crime drama. Yeah. A, a very on-your-seat, thrilling crime drama. A crime this drama just, with makeup and This just happened costumes. to have superheroes yeah. in it, but it's so great. There's, I have to agree with you. I love that movie. The whole reason I didn't put it on my list was because I thought it was a slam dunk. It's, it's one of those ones that everyone's going to go, well, of course that's a great movie. You it's going to be well, on the list. Yeah. Right. I think you've heard a story about Michael Caine and his reaction when Heath Ledger comes out at the, at the party at the Wayne Foundation, right? Right. That's, that's actually a genuine expression because he worked on his makeup and he didn't let anybody see it. So the, when he comes out to film yeah. that scene, nobody had seen what he looks like. And Michael Caine like, forgot got his a, lines and was literally genuine, peeing yeah. himself going, holy crap, this is horrifying. So, and yeah, the makeup department, they re- that's, a, that's a slam dunk, right. like you said, yeah. Well, plus two, you knew that Nolan had planned to use him again because the line at the end of it, when Joker says, you're not going to kill me that's not because that's not what you do, yeah. and I'm not going to kill you because you're just too much, too darn fun. And he tells him, I have a feeling we're going to be doing this a long time. Yeah. And you're just like, you got chills down your spine yeah, because you just knew, after- damn it, if he hadn't died. <laughs> I read somewhere there was supposed to be a scene in the next one where Bane was releasing all the prisoners. That he comes by the Joker's cell, and the Joker gets up to get out, and he says, no, leave this one here. <laughs> well, it was also uh, Which would have been great. Part, yeah. of, part of three was also that Joker's fear gas was going to bring Joker back out, too. Yeah. So, all right. So now that we've done that, we're going to go right back to Madman, and I want a movie that they just didn't get it right. Uh, By the way, guys, also, this doesn't have to be modern movies or within the last five to ten years. Feel free to dig deep into the vault for one. Uh, you could basically just throw a like a dart at any Fantastic Four movie, <laughs> <laughs> and that would be the shittiest. And and the reason is is because I know you guys don't like this is because I I think they're uninteresting characters. Um, I'm glad it started it all for Marvel. That's that's super great and everything. But let's be honest, it's like Fantastic Four got kept Stan working. You yes, know? exactly. Fantastic Four kept him working, and then. He was able to entertain notions like Spider-Man, more successful and interesting characters. All right, so you could basically throw a dart at any Fantastic Four movie. I would concur with that. My big, big problems with both the Fantastic Four movies, and I'm not even going to touch that last one. That the fan, oh, no. the Fantastic, as someone's referred to it, is the villains were defeated too easily at the end of them. Well, I didn't like the second one because I didn't like well, a lot of the reason I didn't like the second one was because of their depiction of Galactus. You, you know, didn't like him as a big purple oh, cloud. God, no, so I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't want the cloud. <laughs> I want Galactus the way I see him. You know, the big gigantic yeah, guy. skyscraper. Right, of a man right. A skyscraper who, who is always just planet. too busy thinking to interact with anything below him. Right, like, that's right. That's the coolest thing about that we're Galactus. beneath him. So yeah. he's well, not how going great to talk of a to fight us. scene would that be if Galactus is striding across Earth? ignoring everything else while Fantastic Four and Silver Surfer are battling around him and Galactus is steadily just steadily preparing yeah. his machine to eat Earth. Okay, so that was a fa- – yes, I, I concur with that. Even though I'm a big fan of Fantastic Four, 
and I actually do own both the original movies because I like the characters. Even I would freely admit that they just botched the job when it came to the villains at the end of that, and they were over way too quickly. Wait. And Thing, Thing needed to be bigger. Uh, yeah, I agree. But, I mean, you're going to get the guy from, from the commish to wear that? I mean... Well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> That's a big costume, granted, in the, in the comics, Thing starts off small in stature, almost like Wolverine height. But as the uh, books progress, they make him noticeably bigger. And he, like, he mutates, mutates further. Yeah. Right, he mutates further. So it should have been bigger. All right, so I would, I would actually agree with that. Thomas... I am going to go with the first Ghost Rider movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. First, go with both of them. Was well, that one with I, the Carpenters? Were you I listening cannot, to the Carpenters? I cannot comment on the second one because the first one was so bad I did not see the second one. I was like, I'm not going to put myself through that. No. Just Damn, I didn't no. even think about those. Yeah, the Maybe first Ghost Rider watch them. Well, yeah, that, it's, are you talking about the second one, Spirit of Vengeance? Yes, the second one. I haven't seen the second one. I, I never watch will. That. Is it just for the purpose of it being super bad? It's a little bit better. A little bit better? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. They didn't that set the bar just... very high. No, the they sure one didn't. The first one. didn't take much. <laughs> no. I, and I will admit that I'm not a huge fan of Ghost Rider in general. I don't hate him, but just not a huge fan. But I figured it was something that could transition good to a movie, and it just it didn't work for me. It See, I never just... really liked the whole premise of, of Ghost Rider. I'd rather have Ghost Rider be just this spirit of vengeance who shows up when something's going wrong on a desert highway or something like that. Right. He's just this mystical... Why did the eagle soon just start playing in my head? <laughs> <laughs> I want a dark desert highway. That's what he's listening to. That's, what That's right. He's got an iPhone. In Johnny Blaze loves the eagles. There you go. But yeah, <laughs> Not that, the carpenters. That, I mean, that I was, just didn't work. That scene where he's sitting there looking himself in the mirror... Listening to the Carpenters, I'm mm-hmm. just like, what did you do, Nicholas Cage? <laughs> what did you say to the director? Yeah, and you, and you watch it and you're thinking to yourself, and this man wants to play Superman, right? And yeah, was and I didn't watch the movie. Was it actually the Carpenters? Um, uh, what's that? The big love song of theirs. Why do birds suddenly appear every time you I are think near? It was. I, I believe so. Yeah. I, I can't remember for sure, but I believe it was. Okay. I will say there was only one decent part of that movie was when the Ghost Rider was on his motorcycle speeding off to somewhere, and the old Western Ghost Rider shows up beside him. That was pretty cool. That was I, a good I was, nod. I was glad that they put that nod in there. You know, the, the well, I would one. rather the Ghost Rider be that the ghost of this old, like gunslinger who shows up on these desert highways. You know, in some ways, it may have even been a better movie if they just went back to the original. You know, Ghost, Rider. Ghost Rider and had yeah. it be a Western set back in like the you know 1800s. Oh, dude, that would actually be a really good movie. Been yes. a really good movie. Maybe we can put that on a, a list for a future thing to talk about on something. You got a you got a horrible movie. Oh, I got a couple of them. So, by the way, listeners, again, these are our personal opinions of movies that we thought did it and, and didn't work. Obviously, they're not going to agree with yours. We would love to hear what you think at where at Thomas Lost in the Long Box at gmail.com. There we or go. Lost or, in the Long Box Facebook page. I don't care what they think. Uh, I do. Well, I you love to hear from emails. our listeners. So let me. All right. So one movie that failed for me, and I'm sure this is not going to be a surprise to anyone. And I had such high hopes for this movie. This could have been a good movie. Green Lantern. Oh yes. The, the, Ugh, it's like a pariah. Nobody the, wants to touch that the, one. The, the, <laughs> it went wrong on so many levels. Number one, you're going to CGI the suit. The, the mask and the suit. I understand why you did it because cheaper. it's energy based and it's cheaper, but it shouldn't look like you CGI the suit. And that's exactly what the problem is. It it was bad CGI. The the other problem with that I have with this is Parallax is Parallax, supposed, yes, okay. It's, it's supposed to be this huge, powerful entity and how Jordan beats him by himself. 
I'm like, okay, you spent the last hour and a half telling us how awesome this thing is and that it's a scourge of the universe and it can take out everything and how Jordan hauls it off into the sun and it's just one last brief moment when Sinestro and the rest of them show up to help him, but he basically defeats it by himself. And I'm like, no, that is, that is such a fail. And, and Kilowog didn't look right either. No. Kilowog no. was not as impressive. Just, there were so many levels of fail on that. The biggest problem with that movie was the lack of Nort. <laughs> or Chip. Yes. Actually, no. I tell you what. We needed I, Nort. I would love a Nort movie. Yes. <laughs> Can make Nort. it a comedy. Yeah. That'd be great. Yep. Well, there was rumors for a long time that Green Lantern was going to be a comedy with Jack Black. And seeing oh, this travesty, I wish the hell they had just done that. Oh, they should call it Guy Gardner and cast Jack Black. Oh, oh guy. <laughs> no, no, not Guy. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Not Guy Gardner, who, no. Oh, you know who all right, you like him or something, right? No, I hate Guy Gardner. Awful. <laughs> oh, the problem is you like Jack Black. I like Jack Black, all right. Yeah, he's fine. Just no movie with Guy Gardner in it. Just, Jack just, just say no make, to Guy Gardner. Jack Black does not make bad movies. I will stand by School of Rock any day because I kind of actually like that one. In- <laughs> EK has just shot. You know he's coming out in Goosebumps too, right? Yeah. Oh. The first one was awesome. <laughs> all right, so. You're right. School of Rock is awesome. Well, especially when you find out that those kids actually are all playing and singing oh, their real instruments. Musicians, yeah. yeah, you're like, That's damn. Dope, man. Oh, That's and dope. the one girl, uh, allow me to just be a little bit pervy. The one girl has grown up. Oh, man, she's nice. <laughs> I can't remember her name now. And I'm not talking about the chick that was on the Nickelodeon show I'm either. over 40. Every time I look at a woman and I'm attracted to her, it's pervy. I know, so. right? Okay, Mad Men, a movie that they just didn't get it right. Are, are we doing two of each? Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. They just didn't get. Uh, what was it? Uh, Batman Returns. Yeah, yeah, I will. I would give you that one. There's a lot of wrong in there, and it has nothing to do with changing the skin tone of Harvey Dent. It has everything to do with this weird ass director, Tim Burton. Who everything's everything's got to be exaggerated and weird, and but he still wasn't anywhere as bad as Joel Schumacher. <laughs> it's a close. What, what I mean is like. I understand that those are the, but I think Batman Returns is where people started saying, like, I mean, even other directors were saying, it's like, wow, that's a shitty movie. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they're fighting over, it's like, we want Batman 3. We want to see if we can outdo Tim Burton, you know? And so that's what I think happened is, like, he started this trend of, sh- of what's the word? Shitting on Batman. <laughs> all right? And the Batman characters. To the point where it's like other directors is like, well, no, no way. I'm not going to be un- outdone by Tim Burton. I can make a shittier movie than that. And that's exactly what he did. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I think, is the problem. You know, is like I think Tim Burton is friggin' Tim Burton. You know, everyone was just like, okay, with the first Batman movie. It was like, oh, yeah, that's all right. And I'm the one who's in there. It's like, that, that was horrible. He's good for one hit, but just don't let him make anything following up what he did. Oh, no. No, yeah. I've never watched a good Tim Burton movie. You don't, you don't like Beetlejuice? Checkmate! Wow, <laughs> <laughs> he got you there. You don't. Wow. <laughs> okay, right, but, I but just hold on. Pulp, <laughs> all right, Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs is a different thing. All right, that's two movies. Okay, well, how about Nightmare, Be- Nightmare Before Christmas? Horrible. You don't like that one? Okay. No. All right, so I broke Mad Men when I threw Beetlejuice after Thomas. What didn't they get right? Batman versus Superman. Oh, 
Oh, dude. Oh, yes. You, you and I are going to fight. We are going to. That see. movie was horrible, Randy. I couldn't stay awake during it. I was you unable need... to stay All awake right. during this movie. It was so bad. I'm going on the record right now for everybody who hates Batman versus Superman. You need to invest in the Blu-ray and watch the Ultimate yeah, Edition where the, the cutscenes are back yeah. in. And I tr- trust me, that's that what I'm talking about. That and is the one fact, I have seen. I, I stand by it so freaking much. I will host it at my house and we'll sit there and watch it. I'm telling and you, I will fall asleep during you, it again. You watch the Ultimate Edition, and that movie makes 100% more sense because the scenes that cut out were pivotal to the freaking story. I agree with you. I fell asleep several times during that movie, and that's the version I watched. It was not a good movie. Well, I, I will compare that cut to the Donner cut of Superman. 2. Exactly. And next week on Lost in the Long Box, we'll have a new host because Thomas is out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to get under uh, your skin. So, real quickly here, because we're running short on time, we'll, we'll go a little over. Ek won't mind. Uh, one movie that they didn't get right for me, and everybody's going to look at me like, "Oh, really?" The first Thor, and and I'll I'll tell you why. If this is supposed to be a world-changing event when they send a destroyer down, why did it take place in this little town in the middle of nowhere? I never got the feeling that there was a great threat going on. It, it just seemed this, it was this little podunk town out in the Midwest, and it really wouldn't have mattered if the destroyer had killed Thor and wiped the planet, wiped that town off the face of the earth. Uh, however, who, who knew it was happening? Nobody. The destroyer was coming after Thor, and that's where Thor was, right? Right. So I mean, okay. I, that's the issue. I right. Just, I mean, it, that's just happened to be where he is. Yeah. You know? For a Norse god who commands, you know, the elements, I expected bigger from this, and it it basically just felt like aliens landing in a little small town, and no one cares because it's not making any news or media. I wanted a grander movie, and I just didn't get it with Thor. I I liked the first Thor. I thought it was a great movie. It was. I I, I went into it knowing that it's a Thor movie, and just like every other Thor comic book I read, it's eh, not that great. Right, you I know? I actually like Dark World better, even though a lot of people hate that movie. And Ragnarok, see, Thomas is not liking Dark World, I, and I liked Ragnarok, even though a lot of people killed the humor. But the first one for me was just a little. If the whole movie felt anticlimactic, it just never really pushed over the edge. For I will me. say this: I will say that in comparison to Captain America, the first Avenger, mm-hmm. and uh, Iron Man, of those three movies, that is the clearly the least. Good That's one. at least strong of the three. Yes, yes, I, I'd agree with that. And that I'd might be that. that might be part of my disappointment is, and and that might ar- settle the argument of which came first because I remember thinking Iron Man was really good. I really liked Captain America, and then Thor. I'm like, ah, this movie's just not doing it for me. Yeah, I will say that, and I think that the, I think that um, they did hear feedback because I mean we're living in a modern era where producers and directors they'll read blog comments. It's like some writer for Thor one. He's probably listening to our podcast right now. And he's <laughs> those people in Fredericksburg hate me how can I go on but I, mean, I don't I, hate you and hate then you. and then Dark World came out and it was it uh, was clearly not as good you know and if you, t- you take the comparison of the first movie for Iron Man the comparison for the first movie for Captain America and the first movie for Thor Thor is clearly the inferior one the second one comes out and it's pretty horrible and then they came up with Ragnarok. See, I don't know why I really I, – I like Dark World. I don't have a problem with it. I was I, not a fan. No. Now, having said that, I don't own it. But for me, it's it's a little better than the first I saw one. it once. That was enough. Yeah, I didn't want to see it again. Yeah, that was enough. So now, here comes the fun part. We're going to love this. Movies that you wish Hollywood would just get off their butt and make. So let me give you what I have, and then – He should go before me. 
I'll Tom go before go. you. Tom should go before me. Okay. Tom? Yeah. Okay. I would like to see them make a decent Fantastic Four movie. Just give me one decent Fantastic Four. Make, a, make, your next, make your next attempt now that Disney owns you. Make it right this time. It's logistically impossible. Another we need one, the Mole Man. And another one I would love to see, even though I know that, honestly, it probably wouldn't do well in a theater and it's a really hard character to write. I'd like a She-Hulk movie. That could be good. I, I could be down for that. I, I would like to see a She-Hulk movie. I could movie. see that Marvel trying to make that, too. Yes. I could see Marvel trying to make that. Um, I, I think you, it's only a matter of time. They'll try to make that. If you play a little tongue-in-cheek and don't take it so serious, if you insert just a ride of humor like Ragnarok or like Guardians, that movie would take off. It you would know, do really good. If they hadn't already done Deadpool, I'd almost like to see them pattern it after the sensational She-Hulk where she breaks the fourth wall and talks to the but, audience. Uh, that would be awesome. Yeah, but I don't think they'll do that since Deadpool's already right. done it. And another two, and this goes right, Mad Men and I were having this conversation um, earlier, I would love to see either Doom Patrol or Challengers of the Unknown. Those would be great. Yeah, was that last week you talked about it? Yeah, and another one that I would really love to see, and I want just do it as quit, a straight-up horror. Quit taking my picks. Do it, <laughs> do it as a straight-up horror. Give me a good Swamp Thing movie. Yeah, that could be great. That yes. could be great. I mean, there was this really bad uh, TV series on USA or whoever it was, and Adrian Barbeau, and even she couldn't save that, that movie. But I would like to see those. Thomas? My boy, Booster Gold. Yeah. It would be, yeah. It would That's be, why he goes first. That would be a sponsor's dream. <laughs> yes, it would. That would be, yes. yes. You could have Doritos and Coca-Cola. Yes. You could have anything in there you want. Michael Carter would be fine He'd pitching be it. He would it. be all about it. Sponsors would be lining up for it because it would just make sense with this character. I don't want the later Booster Gold. I love the later Booster Gold. That's the champion of the timeline. Is the greatest hero you've never heard of. I want to start from the beginning where he's the corporate shill yes. that comes back in time disgraced after being... You know, after the cheating scandal with the throwing the games from the football, that's what I want. <laughs> give me that. Give me and and give me Ted Cord booster. You know, yes, Blue, Blue Beetle. Beetle in there. We well, got to yeah. have Ted in there as well. We need the blue and the gold. It needs to be a comedy. We also have great. them get their little island of cooey 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 where they set up the resort and <laughs> yes, just give me the whole nine yards. Like I said, it'll be a sponsor's dream. They will love every minute of it because there'll be so much product placement in there. Because if there's not, it won't be done right. Yeah. So it's, it's one thing to have like throw Superman into a Coke sign. It's another thing to smash <laughs> to smash through a Marlboro truck. But, but if just you have actually, Booster yeah. Gold just shilling Coca-Cola <laughs> yeah. in there or just shilling, you know, Espe anything. Dude, especially during a critical battle scene, just all of a sudden have him stop and open a Coke, look at the screen, <laughs> drink his Coke, and go there back you go. The there you go. Yes, have him drinking a Coke. Say, hold on just a moment. Have him pop open a Coca-Cola. What else you got? Uh, my other one would be uh, John Stewart Green Lantern. Shit. <laughs> Sorry, Madman. Was that okay. what you <laughs> yeah, John Stewart Green Lantern. So I take it you just took one off of Madman's list. It sounds that way. But yes, I um, I would <laughs> I would love to see a, a really good Green Lantern movie, and I think John Stewart would be the guy for it, especially since the uh, original one failed so bad. You know, to start over again with a different Green Lantern, and I can't stand Guy Gardner. Um, and I don't want Kyle Rayner either. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know yeah. enough about Simon Baz to really you know get behind yeah, him. Me neither. I so John Stewart all the way. Yep. Okay. Mavin, who'd you, what you got there? Who's now? I got like, to come up with something off the cuff right now. Um, I, how about I pick one from from Marvel and one from? Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Turn on your mic if you're going to shout something stupid like Squirrel Girl. Anyway, you make that dude, a porn, I'll watch it. You make a Squirrel Girl movie and load the shit out of it with CGI, and I guarantee entertainment. I guarantee you, you get people. Are you a Squirrel Girl fanatic? Absolutely not. I think it's one of the most stupid comic book <laughs> characters ever invented. But I feel like it would appeal to the masses and children. He he has a point. Yeah, By the way, point. ladies and gentlemen, that's Ek the DJ station owner here who runs our soundboard and basically yeah. makes sure that we sound so marvelous. 
Yeah, so um, I'm going to start with the DC. DC, I w it's kind of moving away from the superhero genre, but Challengers of the Unknown. I just thought another great DC, but Stop. go ahead. It's my turn. <laughs> We're running out of time. Uh, Challengers of the Unknown, because I always thought that those storylines are very interesting and like uh, cerebral, smarter comic books. And it's, they're not exactly superheroes. There's just guys who survived a plane crash and like we're, we're living on borrowed time what are we going to do with our lives now they're kind of like in this group psychosis or something like that I, yep. I think it's cool and i think that that could be an interesting interesting story um since they're doing all these like retro movies like a, a movie that takes place in the 80s a movie that takes place in the 90s and stuff like that let's go back to the 90s and do like a night thrasher movie oh yeah. that could be fun <laughs> yeah yes. that could be fun could be. I, I could get behind Night Because Thrasher. there's these people like, who love parkour, and there's people who still right. love skating and stuff like that. So, I mean, it could be awesome. Yeah. I'd be an armored superhero on a skateboard any yeah. day of the week. Let's do that. It's, you can't be more 90s I than mean, that. They did that in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Genghis exactly. Khan went to the sporting goods store. He stole a he got, he got the he football helmet, he got the gear, he's got a baseball bat, and he's got a skateboard. I right. knew what he was doing. Good choices. Well, so a couple of things that our listeners, um, next week, is actually going to be a special episode. So this Thursday, Venom, the movie, is opening, and we'll be seeing that. So next week we'll be doing a special episode on Venom, the history, backstory of the character, and reviewing the movie. Keep your comments coming to us, please, at lostinalongbox at gmail.com or on our Facebook at Lost in the Long Box. So till next time, we're going to be down here arguing who actually is going to win that fight between Superman and Hulk because why, Madman? We're lost in the long box. Yes, we are. Thank you for listening, everybody. Good night, everyone. I love you. Play it. Play it.